Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Ty from EP Martial Arts, Self-Defense, and Fitness in East Providence, Rhode Island. What's up, Ty? How are you today? Good morning, Brianna. So happy to be here. Awesome. Excited to have you here. Thank you for taking the time. All righty. So let's jump right into the details here, wasting no time. What is it that made you want to own your own facility? How did you get started? So yeah, that's an easy one. Well, I was working out. I was actually um, teaching classes at local Y down in Seacock. And, um, you know, I met a lot of students, they liked it. We all liked working out and we just wanted to do more. Then I ended up down my basement and then I've had these students who, one of them is my business partner now, Bart Axelrod, who was like, hey, we love this. We want to continue to do it. And we just started, you know, finding ways how we could have our own place to do this thing on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. started. We just pushed and trial and, angle, trial and error, you know, kept on going. Now it's been 10 years and here we are. We're, we're prospering. Awesome. Love that. So now what does your business model look like? How are you structuring things within the facility? Are you doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones? What does that all look like? Mainly group classes. We do some, do some one-on-ones, some privates here and there, but mainly group classes. That's our big that's a big takeaway. You know? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So now within the facility, how many members are you currently serving? Right now it's between uh, 50, 55, something like that. Okay. And is that where you'd like to be? Or are you looking to kind of expand and add more? Uh, where are we as far as that goes, that growth piece goes? Well, I was just talking about that uh, with my partner. And we were saying um, we definitely want to expand that. We want to go up to 100. Yeah. Well, we want to like double it. You know, that's our focus mm-hmm. now. Yeah, absolutely. And we're um, expanding the, um, the facility too. We're going to move down downstairs and, you know, expand, open it up. And it's roughly the same, same uh, space, but just down a basement. So we're trying to double our space. Okay. All right. So doubling the space. And how large is the space that you have right now? So right now it's um, 1,200 square feet. And that's probably the same thing in a basement. So we move down there, it's basically it's doubling it. It's, you know, we have extra space. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And are you kind of planning on splitting like the two sides of the business, like doing one piece upstairs as far as like the martial arts, more, more focused martial arts stuff. And then more of like the fitness style stuff downstairs or vice versa or. Um, yeah, well we have um, what actually we, we do want to add more. We've had um, Tai Chi before we've had aerobics going on before and um you know then COVID happened and that kind of chilled that out but um yoga right. that's more yoga we had a great yoga teacher who uh helped us out a lot and hopefully she'll come back now but 
you know, COVID whole thing that shut it down. But we're expanding downstairs because uh, we have a new Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu instructor. And just the time right now, he, you know, he's kind of hours. He does his class right after all the other classes. So it's late. We really want to give him his own space so people can come at the same time while we're having these classes upstairs. Right. We'll have some cardio kickboxing. Maybe have some yoga going on, you know, so. Right. Yeah. It's those, those prime hours that you have to take advantage of. Exactly. You know, yeah. the five o'clock, six thirty, six o'clock kind of those hours are super popular. So yeah, yeah being able to get, so. yeah. Being able to get those, uh, you know, multiple classes in at yeah. that time okay. would be ideal. Uh, so now how are you getting the word out there about what it is that you're doing? What does your marketing look like? How are we getting new people in the door? So we do a lot of uh, social media. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a guy who does uh, social media work, uh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, YouTube, and things like that. And we're always looking to do more, see how we can expand that, you know, mm -hmm. and this, this is great. I'm being yes. Yep. <laughs> Loving it. Absolutely. Um, so now how many new faces would you say on average that you're seeing per month with the way that you're advertising currently? Oh, uh, you know, well, just now we just got a few more this month. There's like Three or four, five months, at least, I want to say. Okay. It's, you know, working. We're seeing new people all the time. So, mm -hmm. you know, it varies between month to month. But, you know, we're getting, getting a few new people just from that each month. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. So what does it look like when somebody comes in for their first day? How are you kind of grabbing attention and making people want to come in and try it out? Are they doing some type of a trial? Are they taking a free class? What does that look like? Uh, all that. We have, uh, you can do a free trial. We have a, a actually week trial. You know, you can take a trial week. Um, we have uh, the specials going on and they can do a uh, Groupon. We have Groupons that we use. That's worked out for us before in the past. You know, mm -hmm. a miss. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's we don't get a lot of that. But um, we have them. Yeah, they do a. They take a free class. And actually, since we have so many programs, we let them try. Oh, we give them a week. So you want to mm -hmm. try Jiu-Jitsu? You can try Sancho. You can try Kung Fu. You know, give them a free week. Let them try everything out, and then make a decision. Right. Okay. Uh, so now have you done paid advertising through Facebook, Instagram, Google, or are you currently doing any paid advertising through those platforms? Um, some, we've got a little bit, not, not a whole lot. Okay. So maybe we should do more, you know, kind of seeing how that plays out. Uh, but yeah, we've done a little bit, a little bit of paid advertisement for that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've always found that, I mean, I always had the best success with Facebook advertising. Um, now, obviously, there are multiple things that go into that, making sure you're targeting correctly, making sure your ads are set up correctly. Um, and then that's always changing, too, with algorithms and this, that, and the other thing right. on Facebook. Um, 
So definitely making sure you're not just throwing money out there and getting nothing in in return for that. We definitely yeah. don't want to be doing that. But once you do get it targeted, it's really, really a good source to provide a reliable stream of people coming in the door. Um, and it's nice because then that's how you can kind of plan the growth of the business as well. Because yeah. I always like to have multiple poles in the water, I say, as far as advertising goes. Um, we love word of mouth. We love referrals because those people typically come in and they're ready to sign up. Um, but then that's not really something we can track. So if we can't track it, we can't grow it. So yeah. I always loved yeah. being able to use Facebook because you can get it down to a science and it's like, okay, if I spend X amount of dollars, I can expect to see X amount of people walk in the door every month. And then, you know, as far as walking them through the sales process, I kind of want to touch on that a little bit as well. Um, we can get a pretty good idea of how much more revenue we're going to be generating on a monthly basis. So that's great, obviously, for the growth. Now, um, what does your sales process look like? Like when somebody comes in, they do that trial, are you sitting down with them on day one and then the last day of their trial? Or is it kind of just like more loose than that? Like there's not a lot of structure there or how does that kind of work in your facility? Um, it was a little more loose. Now we're finding out, it was like, we gotta, you know, sit down with these individuals, you know, and go. Yeah. With and, um, you know, yeah, before it was a little, it was like, it's getting a little, getting a little crazy. We got to like catch up to them and sit down with them and go over the process. And we, we got everything online now. Like they sign up online. we got our waivers online. So that's good. That's pretty easy and it's efficient. Right. Um, but yeah, we have to like set a date after they have their, you know, their trial thing. We got to sit down and say, okay, what do you want to sign up for? Which class do you want to do? And we go online with them and show them how to do it. And finally, we got a nice little, pretty easy process. They can do it on their phones now. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. That's uh, streamlined rather than, you know, filling out paperwork yeah. and scanning it in and, uh, you know. That was crazy trying to keep up with all that paperwork. Now it's all online. They can sign up. We can, they can buy things online on our website and everything. So. Okay. That's pretty cool. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, as far as other services or other streams of revenue within the business, other than just regular flat memberships, are there any other services that you're providing like nutrition, accountability, um, supplementation, any type of retail, anything like that as well okay. as your regular membership? Yeah, we sell retail, uh, you know, equipment, uniforms, advertising t-shirts that kind of stuff yeah mm -hmm. a lot of that okay and does that generate a pretty good stream of revenue for you as well on a monthly basis uh it does yeah um, but again that's something we gotta we gotta work on we gotta keep up on it more we gotta you know we gotta track that a little more it's been kind of loose mm -hmm. you know that's another thing we gotta reel in and tighten it up right yeah yeah absolutely it gets um there's a lot of things you have to pay attention to, you know, there's a lot of hats you have to wear, a lot of areas you have to focus your attention to. So yeah, it can be challenging to keep up with all of the aspects of the business itself. Um, so now one thing I always love to ask about are bottlenecks within the business. Where do you feel like there are bottlenecks if there are any, cause usually there are, um, 
is there or or key challenges you know key challenges or bottlenecks in your business right now what would those be well that that's kind of one there you know we got mm -hmm. you know it'd be good to have like somebody at the door to greet people like that and take care yeah. of oh i want to buy some but you're trying to teach your class and right. you know they're like oh wait a minute oh how much is this i'm like oh what did we we just put a price on that you're like, yeah. so, you know that's one that's mm -hmm. tough and that's why it's hard to keep up with that because you're like oh boy what did we just say at the meeting we're going to charge this for that and this for that you know so having maybe like a receptionist at the door or mm -hmm. somebody who's taking care of while the other person is doing the class. We kind of do it like we'll have one, a senior student say, oh, can you go talk to them? You know, or I'll go talk to them. Okay, you handle the class. So right. that one, definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely challenging to balance all of those things. I mean, I remember um, writing, you know, like writing on a sticky note, somebody wants to buy something, you're just writing it down. You're like, I'll charge you later, you know? And then at the end yeah. of the night, it's like, you got all these things that you gotta put through later on and it's easy to miss them and forget them and miss out on revenue. Um, so we definitely don't want that. Um, the logistics of it, like you gotta go get the thing because things right. are stored. I was like, it's stored way of like, oh boy, do we have, do you still have those hats? And like oh man, I got to climb up here from the shelf, get it down and see, you know, so time, you know, just with the logistics of where things go, that's another. Hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So now your day-to-day, -day, are you spending most of your day in the facility? Um, evenings. Okay. I work, uh, I still work a full-time job. So wow. <laughs> today is... Today I'm off and this is my day to teach. So I'll be over there for like four or five hours mm -hmm. doing uh, the, the kids class and the adults and a different adults and a different adults. So I'll be over there all this evening. Okay. And now are you looking to transition to just running the gym full time or do you kind of like having your full-time job and running the gym? Um, I did. Now we're looking to transition to make this a full-time gig. Right. I think, uh, our goal, me and my partner both, was just to have, be able to have this thing go. You know, that was success for us to be able to have some place where we can work out and it pays for itself and, you know, which is good. So we're like, okay, we're doing it. But now, you know what? We got to step this up and make this, full-time job you know so if yeah. i think if we focus on that we can do it you know so that's our that's our next goal we were content both of us before with just all right we got a gym we don't have to pay to go to the gym because our gym pays for itself now but now right. we're like you know what that's the goal let's step it up and let's get ourselves paid where we don't have to work anymore and just let this be our full-time job exactly yeah yeah, absolutely. So what needs to happen for you to be able to do that, to make that full transition? Well, first thing, what we just is make that a goal. You know, we yeah. never, that wasn't even like the goal before. It was just to have it. And like, so right. we've done it. We're, we, 10 years, man, we did it. So now let's step it up. So if we start planning and like you said, we're going to double our 
clientele, mm -hmm. double our currency, you know, and then we need to, you know, sit down and figure out exactly what do we need, you know, to make this happen, basically do the numbers and do the projections and plan, you know, right. That's where we're at now, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's exciting, you know, cause it can be so much to work a full-time job and then be running an entire business on the side for, yeah. so, I mean, for you to be able to make that transition and just focus on the business mm -hmm. would be huge. Would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And now we like, believe we're like we can do this, you know, like I said, it wasn't really the goal before. Like we just want to be able to work on stuff. I'm like, okay, we've been doing it 10 years. We can, so we can do this, man. Let's, right. We just absolutely focus, focus on it make it the um make it the goal mm -hmm. and yeah we're gonna do it that's awesome i mean yeah i most most gyms don't make it past three years so i mean yeah, so, 10 now so <laughs> yeah like time to step it up man. yeah take it to the next level and make it make it the full-time job for both of you that would be amazing exactly. Awesome. Okay. So now one thing I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering doing their own thing, going their own way, opening their own facility, you've been in the game for a little bit now. Mm -hmm. uh, so what would that be? What's the number one thing that stuck out to you over the years? Well, number one thing I would say is from a book that actually my buddy gave me about a martial arts business. And I'm sorry, I forgot, I forgot the name of the, the author, but his advice was um, the main thing for martial arts is, is relationship. I know it sounds weird. You think, oh, it's, you know, dedication, uh, no relationship, because that's how I got where I'm at. You know, mm -hmm. the people you meet, these are the people who's going to help your business, whether they go into business with you or they're a client or they're a contractor or I always kept all my connections and later on those people ended up really helping my business. Yes. You know, so relationships, you know, mm -hmm. this, I met right. somebody who knew, you know, I ran a podcast and might meet somebody who's going to help me with my business later, you know, keeping mm -hmm. those connections and having good relationships with your neighborhood, your students, your business partners, you know, mm -hmm. all that. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a really good point. I feel like a lot of people are kind of um, a lot of times closed off to connecting with other people. Um, you know, I don't know if it comes from like an ego thing sometimes or yeah. or what it is, but it's a really good point, you know, having connections in your industry and then also outside of it, because like you said, you never know when you're going to need help in a certain area, yeah. you know, yeah. and then also just getting go ahead. It leads to different, you know, different things you never would have thought of, but you met this person, mm -hmm. you know, obscurely somebody like, oh, wow, yeah, they might end up being, you know, a contractor who does some work on you or renting you a place or right. you know, they might be an instructor or something, you know, like, oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Keeping an open mind in that department is great. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of these connections can help save you time and save you money. So <laughs> those are 
two very valuable things, as we all know. So definitely a great point there. All right, cool. So now, as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? So EP Martial Arts website, uh, Facebook, and we're on Instagram, and our YouTube site, also EP Martial Arts. And then I have my personal site, uh, Martial Fitness with Ty Wesley. So that's more of, you know, I got some fitness programs on there, some techniques and things like that. Okay. Awesome. Different things. Yeah. Cool. All righty. Perfect. So Ty from EP Martial Arts, Self-Defense and Fitness in East Providence, Rhode Island. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Thank you, Brianna. It was awesome. All right. Awesome. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk to gym owners who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Justin Bolaware, an owner of Hub City Barbell Club in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Justin, how are you doing today? Good, Dominic. How are you? I'm doing great. I don't think I butchered your last name too bad. So the rest of this is just easy, smooth sailing for me. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited to have you on. Um, let's dive into it. Tell us what Hub City Barbell Club is all about. I know there's some in the name there, but give me the whole scoop. Yeah, so Hub City Barbell Club, um, we're all about strength, right? Um, and that's, that's strength in terms of like, we're looking at uh, weightlifting, powerlifting, strongman, any other strength sports, but not just what we do with athletes and competitors, but how that strength and how strength training can benefit, you know, everybody. Um, we train a lot of athletes. We train some general population people as well. Um, we have an open gym, um, but everything we have is geared towards, you know, uh, moving free weights. We have one cable machine in the place um, and we, we try to help people get strong and, um, you know, getting strong helps them be more competitive. Great. If getting strong helps them live an easier or a better, a happier life. Great. That's, uh, that's what, that's what we're all about, man. For sure. For sure. So, uh, you guys opened up right smack in the middle of the pandemic. Give me a little backstory. What led into you partnering up, uh, getting this thing up and off the ground here? Uh, how did it come to be? Kind of an interesting story, actually. Uh, my, my current business partner um, was actually a client of mine. A little over three years ago, we started together. Um, and how that worked. Um, I worked at a, a, another gym that's local um, and he worked out there. He saw me training some people. Um, I had seen him lifting and, and stuff like that um, in the gym. He approached me one day and was like, Hey man, can you look at this? Can you look at this clean and tell me if I'm doing it right? Um, and I, I tried to be pretty open with him. I was like, Hey man, I did some, some power cleans in high school. And like, 
um, a little bit of weightlifting stuff, you know, coaching CrossFit. Um, but sure. And uh, he showed me this first clean and I still have that video. I hope I never delete it. It was miserable. Um, <laughs> but at, at the time I was like, you know, we can work with that. And um, talked about it for, for a little bit. And he hit me up about a week ago. I was like, Hey man, I'm looking for a, a weightlifting coach. Um, you want to do that for me? And I, I was, I was open about it. And I was like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really a weightlifting coach yet, but I'd like to be. Um, we kind of we kind of went on that journey together, and uh, about six months into us trying to figure out weightlifting, we're like, you know, it'd be pretty sweet to have a place to do this, um, to do some Olympic weightlifting. And uh, we had the thought of of, of starting a uh, just a little gym that's that's geared around uh, competitors, athletes, stuff like that. Um, so we started accumulating equipment. We were collecting equipment for about a year before we. Uh, uh, was kind of presented the opportunity to, to for me to break away from my old gym and uh, start our own thing. Um, what what really pushed us towards the competitor side of things was I can I can lead it back to one one moment. Um, my business partner Robert was like, "Hey, I want to I want to do a competition. I want to I want to be a competitive weightlifter." And he was like, "Have you ever competed?" And I was like, "You know, I I haven't." He was like, "Well, what are you training for?" And I, <laughs> I didn't know how to answer that. I was like, I don't know, because I like it. He's like, well, you should, like, you should set a goal. Um, so we both set goals. I signed up for a powerlifting competition. He signed up for a weightlifting competition. And like, bang, then it all started. We're like, hey, man, we love this competition thing. We want to help people do it. Um, so we were, we were already accumulating equipment um, in, in hopes that one day finding our own place. Well, fast forward, um, 2020, March, um, COVID uh, popped off. We had uh, gym closures and, and all kinds of stuff. So I kind of took that as, as my opportunity because the gym I was working at was closing um, temporarily for COVID. Um, pulled out what little bit of equipment I had there. We moved it uh, into our garage or into my garage. We had been uh, keeping all of our equipment we were buying in our garages to our wives' dismay uh, for about a year. Um, we set up like one weightlifting platform. Um, we had a, a one power rack. We had one like competition powerlifting combo rack set up and uh, some dumbbells and some kettlebells. And we started training there. We had some people coming in um, into my garage. Some of the clients that I worked with over the years um, started training some weightlifters. And a couple months after that, we, uh, we found a location. A location ended up being, uh, it was a place that was being used pretty much as a storage closet for a construction company that's local. Um, a client of mine does some um, does some like property contracting for another company, had some connections like, hey, let me find you a spot. Found this place. We asked if, if they were willing to rent it out. Uh, they took a while. They cleaned it out. We actually helped clean some of it out. Um, and uh, they gave us a really sweet price on it. So we had the equipment because we were, you know, we were accumulating that stuff. We didn't want to put anything on a credit card or anything crazy like that. Um, no, uh, no financing any equipment. That was one of our plans from the beginning. Had the equipment, had a spot. Um, we moved in, had a grand opening, and then had a slow, slow grind after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The if you build it, they will come. Is is cool in uh, in movies and Field of Dreams and all that, but it it seldom works out quite that easily. So I want to get into a little bit of what that journey has looked like for you. Uh, you came in, you know, you, you want to focus, you want to be uh, the place to be in Hattiesburg for strength sports. 
Wow. But, you know, it, it's still, even in a city of, you know, or a metro area of over 100,000, it's still a niche. So how have things gone for you as far as, you know, people finding you for strength sports, uh, people coming to you for personal training, for sports training, like expectations versus reality this first year and a half? What does that look like with your client mix and your, the different niches that you serve? Yeah, expectations um, were not exactly, they didn't match reality. Um, and that's not a bad thing at all. Uh, we expected to, hey, we're opening up a weightlifting club, the first weightlifting club at Hattiesburg. We're going to have all kinds of people coming in want to try a little bit of weightlifting. Well, that didn't happen. It was slow. Um, we've kept we've kept a handful of weightlifters. We've got a small team that we that we work with um, since then. But we we click we quickly became about about half competitive athletes um, for like for strength sports, uh, weightlifting, powerlifting, strongman, um, and the other half either like general population. Um, be that just, just anybody wanting to exercise or get a little stronger, or get fit, and be healthier, stuff like that. Uh, mixed in with uh, some team sport athletes, like some high school kids, stuff like that. So we uh, we anticipated this, you know, this like boom. We got a new spot for, you know, for for competitors to train, and then uh, that didn't happen quite quite the way we anticipated. Yeah, sometimes I love that you you said it. You know, expectations and reality didn't quite meet, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a lesson you learn. You you adapt and you figure out, okay, how do we, how do we keep moving forward towards where we want to be, but also, you know, taking what, what the world's given us right here and making, you know, making the best out of that. So you have a business partner. I know you do a lot of one-on-one -on -one training. You do a lot of, of coaching yourself. What's the mix look like between you and your partner, as far as responsibilities uh, different skill sets, where you complement each other. How does the how does the partnership break down from an actual execution level? Yeah, um, if you look on paper, we pretty much split most things down down the middle. Um, he handles a lot of uh, the more administrative stuff for the business. Uh, he he pays the bills literally. He 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 runs the money around for us. Um, and we, uh, we split a lot of the coaching in half. Um, he has a handful of clients that, that he's worked with for a long time, um, but I've been, I've been in the personal training game a little longer than him. So I've been maybe a little more established. Um, I think we complement each other very well. You know, we're both, we're both married with families and, uh, and if you're married and you got kids, you know, sometimes that pulls you away, um, especially with COVID, you know, a lot of things, a lot of things change with COVID and, and finding childcare is a little tougher than it used to be. I'm actually, you know, home right now with my daughter while she's napping and my business partner's running the gym while I'm away. Um, so we, he scratches my back. I scratch his, um, like that. Um, we have a, a an interesting mix of kind of our, our personalities in handling our weightlifters and our clients. Um, Rob keeps me honest in terms of I'm always going to try to push and make everybody a competitor. Um, my passion is Olympic weightlifting. That's what I want to do. Um, I love everything I also do with gin pop, um, everything I also do with you know, you know, athletes and stuff like that. Um, and Rob, Rob keeps me honest by, you know, keeping my attention at least every now and then on what's going to help us pay the bills. And sometimes that's going to be uh, 
you know, maybe not, maybe not trying to force everyone to be a competitive weightlifter and, uh, uh, giving, giving the people what they want, if you know what I mean. So I think we, think we complement each other well there. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm always happy when I hear somebody say we do different things because when you have two people whose skill sets overlap and who are doing, doing the same things, it means that there are probably some things that aren't getting well done as well as they should be. And then some things where it's like, well, who decides what we do? If you at least have some, some different strengths and some complementary areas, it helps break that down a little bit and, and get some things, the attention they deserve without having to go outside. So I, I'm always relieved when someone's like, not, doesn't say, oh yeah, we're basically the same person, carbon copy. And that's, that doesn't make a good partner most of the time. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, oh, yeah. because oh, that yeah. <laughs> happens a lot. Um, so let's talk a little bit about operations and, and what you guys have kind of tried and, and what's worked best for you over the time you, you've been open. I mean, I always say you got to start at the beginning, right? You can't, uh, you can't help anybody if they're not there in front of you. So whatever their goals may be. So oh, yeah. what type of marketing, what type of advertising have you guys done? And, and out of that, what's worked best for really your two sides of the business, your strength sports versus your training athletes, gen pop, you know, what have you seen really that's hit the best for you? Man, in terms of marketing, um, if we're, if we're gonna look at like the strength sports side of it first, the biggest thing that's worked for us has been social media. So I think not a lot of people around here know what weightlifting is. And if they do, it's, it's from a, a CrossFit background and absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, but that's uh, that's been their introduction, and and we're not a CrossFit gym, you know, we're not a, we're not a CrossFit box. So people that are introduced to weightlifting through CrossFit, they want to go there. So getting out what we do um, as Olympic weightlifters and, and powerlifters and strongmen through social media has been really useful. On the other side of things, um, with like our high school athletes and uh, some some college athletes and just general population clients, the biggest and best thing for us has been word of mouth. So. Um, there's, there's two things, if I can think about, that have been the best for us in our business, and they're not the sexiest things, but they've been two important things for us. And the first one is keeping our overhead really, really low. I mentioned earlier that we collected equipment for a long time before we started. We didn't want to finance anything. So the place we're renting out is like it's less than $1,000 a month. We pay rent. We pay an electric bill. We've kept our overhead as low as possible, um, and that's really helped us out. And the other thing is, is doing the best job we can with the people we got. Uh, most of the people we have in our place right now have been with us either since the day we opened or before then when we were in the garage or, you know, training other places. Um, but, but kind of the, the second part of, of doing the best job we can with those people is like, they tell their friends, um, word of mouth marketing and, and, you know, referrals have been the best thing for us to bring new people in because it's, it's provided us a lot of really good opportunities. Yeah, for sure. So I want to break that down a little bit and, and get into a little more detail. Um, starting with the strength sports, and you made a great point, like people will get introduced to um, some of those sports, whether it's they happen to catch it on the Olympics, or they happen to go to a CrossFit gym, or they're scrolling social media, and they see, you know, world's strongest man or, or something like that. So you have some people that get an introduction in a feel of it. And I mean, you really, most places don't have anywhere where you can, 
where you can do strongman. You might have a powerlifting gym. You might be able to do weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting um, at a CrossFit gym, but there are people don't necessarily want to do that. They don't want to absolutely go to, um, you know, somebody's open gym, you know, powerlifting gym, or they don't want to do CrossFit. Like they, you know, people start really geeking out and getting into, let's say weightlifting, for example. And they're like, I just want to do this. And a lot of CrossFit gyms don't or can't accommodate that. So uh, do you find that you get interaction from those type type of people on social media? They're like, oh, you know, we do weightlifting at my gym. Um, I don't really want to do a hundred burpees at a time. You know, can I do weightlifting only with you? Is it, is it that type of, um, kind of conversation started where people have a little bit of exposure and then they find your way towards you because that's like a space where they can do just that. Is that how those conversations usually go or is it different? No, man, you're, you're spot on. So of our Olympic weightlifters, the people on our weightlifting team, I'd say it's about, it's about half that. Hey, I've done CrossFit forever. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of doing burpees. I love moving a barbell. <laughs> let me snatch. Let me clean and jerk. Let me squat. Let me deadlift. Uh, so we get we get those people in that want to that want to do the lifting part of it, um, but want to cut apart some, or cut away some of the things that they don't uh, or haven't enjoyed about CrossFit. And the other half of the weightlifting uh, team has been um, people that are just bored with other <laughs> other styles of exercise. They're like, hey man, if I don't find something fun to do, like I'm going to stop working out altogether. They're like, hey, I got something for you to try out. Or they see it on on Facebook. They're like, man, I've never seen a clean and jerk before. That was so cool. That's so much cooler than cable chest flies. <laughs> let's go. Let's go try that out. Um, so about half and half. But but yeah, I'd, I'd say about fifty percent have come from um, people that had done CrossFit and was introduced to weightlifting um, and and wanted to focus on just that. Absolutely. So next step down the stages here, your your athletes, your high school, your youth sports athletes. People ask me all the time, they're like, how can I advertise for this? How can I market? And the truth is, it's really, really hard to do paid marketing or a lot of advertising towards those things to get direct response. Word of mouth still seems to be the thing that moves the needle the most. My question there is when it comes to it, are you, are you asking, are you trying to actively solicit referrals or are you just straight out trying to deliver the best results you can and have people come asking you, you know, I saw, you know, Johnny put on 10 pounds in the off season. I want my kid to do that or people on the same team. How does that word of mouth actually travel for you? Yeah, that's um, what you said was, was right on there. Um, you do, you do a really good job with an athlete. You get them better at their sport um, and they perform better. Parents take note. Parents take note for sure. Um, the other thing we like to do, and I, I, I make a point, if I ever have a free night or a free Saturday morning, I'm going to my athletes' games. So if I got, you know, if I, if I got a 14-year-old soccer player that's balling out, um, I want to be there cheering for them. Because, you know, parents are going to be like, hey, what's, what's your daughter been doing? She's gotten so much faster since last year. What's, what's up with that? And then if, if I'm there, that connection's made immediately. You know what I mean? Um, so being present um, anywhere where conversations may be started about, you know, what's this kid doing to get better, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it all, it all, it all stems from doing the best job you can, you know, with the athletes you got. 
Yeah, for sure. Have you, and, and I say all these things knowing that you are still a relatively no, new business. It may feel like you've been open a hundred years, but when I ask these questions, <laughs> I know that things come in due time. Have you had much time to spend on going out and talking to local schools, local sports teams, different, you know, whether it's private clubs, skills trainers, anything like that to, to try to form any type of like cooperative relationships with established places where those those youth athletes might already be? You know, I'm going to go ahead and uh, call myself out and say that's something that I have I have needed to do, and I haven't. I haven't. We got hooked up with one uh, one local high school, um, and that's that's because the the head coach's niece plays with a girl that I've coached for four years, and they're you know they're doing really well. Um, and uh, we got a, a really good referral to that coach from a parent of a kid that I've worked with for a while. So we ended up coaching their team um, throughout this past year. Other than getting connected with that school, we haven't really been connected with any large uh, clubs or stuff like that. So I will say that that's, uh, that's, that's where uh, some social media work has, has worked kind of well for us because the coaches know, they know our names. Right. Because we'll we'll have, you know, we'll, we'll have a, a soccer player in from, from Hattiesburg Football Club and they'll be, you know, they'll be killing a workout or record some things, edit it up, try to clean it up. Um, and, you know, post it on Instagram and tag the club and, you know, they'll they'll share it on their social media and, and the parents will see it there. But uh, I think I think a really good next step will be trying to make a connection, a more formal connection with uh, with local clubs and schools. Yeah, I think the hashtagging and, and tagging on social media is so underutilized. And as long as you as long as you have the ability to tell whether somebody looks good or not on the things that you tag them in, yes. this can go a long way. There is a skill there because sometimes it's like, man, if you get somebody at their absolute worst and they're, you know, they're dead out. You know, at, at, at just they just gave a hundred, you know, hundred percent of what they had. They may not be super excited about sharing that and the tagging, but you know, you get something that, that looks awesome. You know, they look awesome. Whatever it is, uh, you know, it only takes a couple of those to just spread spread your name, spread everything like wildfire. So, I love that you're aware of that. So, my last piece on this youth sports athletes thing that I think is. Um, you know, people, people take two different routes on this and, and I don't judge one way or the other. I'm just always curious. It's like, sometimes it's, it's really like an elbow and a nudge away to a parent to be like, Hey, you know, I train adults too. Like, you know, you, you want to get in here, you want to do a little lifting, you want to do a little training. Do you have any, any reverse acquisition there where you already have a kid and you're like, I'm going to train mom, dad, brother, sister, anything like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, that's probably been less, maybe less frequent than I thought it would be um, going through this. But yeah, we 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 do. Um, for example, we uh, we work with you know that that soccer team and one of the girls on there. I'm training her mom and her aunt, you know, as a small group <laughs> together now. Um, and it's been some of it. Some of it's been the reverse as well, where you know you're we're training adults. And like, hey, I've got kids. They play sports. You train kids that play sports. Um, let me try to get them in here. Um, so it's it's worked both ways. Yeah. All right. Cool. So last piece here, the thing that kind of rounds out the equation, in in some way, at least for now, is your 
you do work with some gen pop, you know, just, just, you know, Joe or Jane off the couch, somebody who just wants to, you know, get active, build a little muscle, lose a little fat, whatever the combination is. How much of the clientele that you have that does that is just coincidental to, you know, having come from some of the other marketing, other connections you've had and how much has been intentional, like just going out and, and trying to find those people that are, are looking for a good trainer, a good place to train. You know, to be honest, almost entirely coincidental. Um, I know I keep bringing this up, but doing a good enough job with people, people will share, people will share your info. Um, I was very fortunate in the beginning um, to, to get connected with some, some, some well-connected people. Um, and if you, if you train people that have a lot of friends, if you train, you know, relatively influential adults and you do a good enough job with them, well, other people are going to want some of that too. Um, if people talk, you know, if, if, you know, if, 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 if the guy in your office is his, his shirt sleeves are fitting a little tighter, you know, if his, if his waistline is shrinking, if he feels a little better throughout the day, you're going to ask him what he's doing. Um, and, you know, hopefully they'll, hopefully they'll, they'll tell you. Uh, so it's, it's definitely been a little more coincidental than, than has been us actively trying to uh, like approaching people about it or uh, making like page, page social media posts, promoting um, personal training. I think I mentioned in the beginning that our, our passion for this was the, uh, the competitors, the strength sport athletes. Most of what we've done in, in terms of paid posts in the, in the past or paid advertising has been towards uh, you know, the strength sports uh, where everything else with the team sport athletes and the general population clients has just kind of come to us. Um, we've been very blessed with that. For sure. So we kind of have a, we, we got your background. We know what you're all about. We kind of see the different aspects of the business. So put an eye towards the future as we, as we run low on time here um, some people set annual goals. So, you know, do you have, do you have an agenda? Does it look like, Hey, we want to do this in 2022. Is it a little further out, you know, two years down the road, like what's coming up for you? What are the milestones? Um, you know, anything you're trying to crack the code on to, to kind of make the next next jump and just keep the business growing and staying healthy. Yeah. Um, you know, we haven't, we haven't like written things down, but a couple of things that we've talked about, my business partner and I, um, that we think is going to be the best route for us to grow in the business is picking up another, another team. Um, we're still connected with that soccer team that we've been training and we'll train them for another year at least. Um, but picking up another team is going to be, is going to help us out a lot. Um, if I had to say, you know, fiscally, what is, what would be the ideal scenario for, for 2020? Um, a month, a monthly revenue that doubles what we, you know, our monthly expenses. If we could get to that by the end of 2020, you know, that's going to give us the opportunity to, you know, buy more equipment, um, you know, re replace some of the older equipment that um, we got pretty cheap in the beginning <laughs> um, that we'd like to get rid of. Um, and um, maybe more importantly, start putting some away to look forward to a bigger, you know, bigger facility. Awesome, man. So last question before I let you go here, before we wrap up, uh, you got, you jumped into this thing in the pandemic, been a business owner for a little while now, been in the game for, for quite a while. If there was one, you know, lesson or a piece of advice or 
you know, anything that's that's happened that you wish you knew sooner that you'd go back and tell younger you or, you know, anyone might be listening in our audience. Is there any guiding principle or lesson or anything like that that stands out to you that's that's kind of served you the best? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say talk, talk to people, talk to everybody. If you have a product that you're trying to sell, especially if it's something like fitness, uh, sometimes they sometimes people don't know they need it. Um, and especially if you're new, um, they got to hear about you somehow. So we've, we've been, we've been very fortunate to have people come to us. Um, but we could probably be in a better position in our business if we would have went to people as well. So I, I, if I, if I, if I was telling beginner me, um, or even more beginner than I am right now, me, um, what you need to do to get past that, um, put yourself out there you know, put the message of what you're, what you're doing and what Hub City Barbell Club is trying to do, put that in front of everybody's face. There you go. Just go out and have more conversations, wanting to help people and, and let the magic happen. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, sir. We are officially out of time before, uh, before you depart us, where can people find you online? Give us your website, social media, any place where they can check out you and Hub City Barbell. Yeah, so we're uh, Hub City Barbell Club on Instagram. Um, that's probably where we are most active on social media. We have a Facebook page as well. That's Hub City Barbell Club. Um, then Hub City Barbell Club at Gmail is probably the best place to uh, contact us or send us an email. Um, our telephone number is on our Facebook and our Instagram as well. Um, give us a call. I don't think we have any missed calls so far. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do a, a good job of, of fielding all of those all right, man. Well, it's been a pleasure having you. I appreciate you taking the, some time out of your day. I know you said you're, you're there home on dad duty, and uh, I appreciate you spending a little bit with us and, and sharing your experience. Yeah, Dominic, thank you so much. It was a blast. You are very welcome, sir. And to everyone out there listening, as always, thank you for spending part of your day with us. We appreciate you being here. We wouldn't be here without you. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Adam Rice 
of ISI Elite Training. Adam, what is going on, my man? How are you today? I'm good. I'm good, man. Appreciate you having me on and uh, look forward to, to our conversation today. Looking forward to, to dive in. And, and this is an exciting episode and I'm excited for the gym owner, the, the entrepreneur, the end listener of this, because you have really been in a couple of different positions within this business and within this industry so far. And tell us, before we dive in too much on tactics, strategies, and, and all things that come with that, tell us a little bit about what made you want to start ISI in the first place. When did all of this come about? Yeah. So, so short story is I was a, a, a former division one athlete and had a, uh, had an internship left to do, um, to get my degree and went to the local anytime fitness and was like, Hey guys, I'll, they didn't have a personal training department at that time. So, you know, I'm 21 years old and went in there and was like, Hey, I'll pay you 800 bucks, but you got to let me take all the revenue that I generate from personal training. They're like, yeah, like it's 800 bucks. We're not making it now. <laughs> So it just took off. I mean, from there and, you know, a little bit of it was luck. Uh, at the time, my name was pretty, I guess, well known in the community um, from the athletic side. And so it was yep. getting a lot of athletes, high school athletes and whatnot. And so that's what really launched it. And then in uh, 2013, launched my own location called ISI Elite Training. ISI stands for Iron Sharpens Iron from uh, Proverbs 2717. And so essentially this idea of the of accountability, this idea that, you know, camaraderie and, and we make each other better when we hold each other accountable and can't sharpen iron without friction, which means that you're, you're never going to arrive. Like you want to go to the next level, there's going to be friction in your life. And so, you know, that's what we named it. Um, I'm 23 years old at that time. And, and really from 2013 to 2018, was a young entrepreneur, opened four other locations in the Myrtle Beach, South Carolina market, and uh, eventually had a baby uh, with my wife and, um, and knew we wanted to have more and raise kids and knew we wanted to take the, the vision to the national level. And so we moved up to Charlotte, which is kind of a franchising hotbed. We launched our prototype franchise model, and then we went to market with it really in the middle of uh, 2019, right before COVID. So great timing there. Right at the perfect time to, to be opening franchise fitness. And so Adam, I mean, obviously this has grown from the time of you being the personal trainer at any time, and it's, and it's become an entity of its own. Talk to us a little bit about the service and, and what this business actually is. Who do you serve? How do you serve them? Yeah. So we're in the boutique fitness space. So think um, class A real estate, Whole Foods, Publix. We're, we're sitting in there about 3,000 square foot. Um, and I would say our, our competitors, if you want to call them that, I don't believe there's any competition, but it, it's Orange Theory, F45, Spanga. Like we're sitting kind of in that arena, right, with those brands. And so, yep. Um, really who we serve is general population. Our, um, our main demographic is probably the, the 28 to 50 year old range. Um, and we're in urban markets and millennials are tearing it up. We're also in fiduciary markets and, and bedroom communities where our average age is 45, 50 years old. And so it's cool to see the brand resonate there. Um, our training style is athletic based training. So um, kind of think hit training, but we're doing, you know, our, our facilities have turf running down the middle. So we're doing sleds. 
Um, we're doing medicine ball slams, kettlebell swings, uh, dumbbells, plyometrics. So really the idea is to train people like athletes and mm. functional training. And then we're more strength based in the boutique space. So we attract a lot more men um, than I would say other brands do, which has really been a big differentiator for us. Yeah. And it, it probably attracts the former athlete people in your sort of category who have some semblance of experience in this and miss the camaraderie and competition of, of being on a team or training for a purpose. Yeah, for sure. Adam, I know we've got a handful of locations and many more to come, but tell us about sort of the, the average location. How many people do you serve within, within this sort of space? Yeah, so really our our average location across the brand is is right around 300 to 325 members. Um, you know, we don't have a huge equipment package, so we're, you know, ski ergs, airdyne bikes. Um, so our equipment package is around 30k. Uh, so that that makes us that may what well, I guess what I'm saying is that 300 members make it well worthwhile. Um, but you know, I, yeah, I, there's not that much of a footprint, right? Right, right. So ideally, I, you know, we, we want to be serving. And again, that's the average, right? We got locations pushing 500 members and some locations at, at 200 members. But ideally, we want to be on as a brand averaging, you know, somewhere in the four to 500 range in the, in the next year or two. Um, so all of the, the marketing brand awareness and everything that's going on right now that, that we're curating and doing is, is really marching towards that. But yeah, so we're, we're right around 300 members. Okay. And so looking, I mean, looking to bump that up a little bit, you mentioned average three to 325, looking to get closer to four. And so it, it walk us through the marketing, right? Gym owners across the country are, are trying to figure out marketing and how they can get more qualified people to them. What is marketing for you guys? Where are you putting your dollars and time? Yeah. So I think it, there's, there's, there's a macro and a micro, right? So the, the macro is us as a brand and that's really in the, the franchise development world and, and really selling more franchises, but also supporting our franchise partners and mm -hmm. market collateral, print material, all of that. And so, you know, where the strategy really gets in, I think there's, there's fundamentals that, that will always work in, in marketing. That's outbound contacts and then, you know, grassroots marketing. Yep buyer distribution, sure. door hangers, direct mail, Facebook ads, Instagram ads. Um, I would say, you know, it's very market dependent. Some markets you have incredibly high CPLs on cost per lead on, on digital. Right. And so right, they're, they're going more towards the grassroots and maybe putting a little bit more in human capital towards getting out and doing more events to where some markets cost per lead is, you know, still at a reasonable level and they, they're spending more money in that area. So I'd say it's it's very it's very dependent upon each market. Miami's very different from Nashville. Nashville's very different right. from Chicago. Right. That's when it gets interesting with this sort of national expansion because to your point, that's that's really important. What works for a facility in Southeast US is going to be a little bit different than Pacific Coast or of course. Canada or wherever you guys go eventually. Talk to us about how that's handled is this something you guys do centrally or individual franchises doing it on their own yeah so ultimately franchise partners are it's their business right so they're they're responsible for their for the marketing um 
where we're responsible as, as headquarters or as a brand is really providing them the assets. So think sure. of them as the action, them putting into actionable item steps and all that, us providing the infrastructure from the systems processes and then also the, the branding, the testimonials, the video production, the imagery, right. all of that. And so they're able to, to have that and then deploy it in several different ways inside their markets. Okay. And, and for them, so the individually owned franchises, the, the question becomes even more so, how are they able to succeed, right? You guys can help them and, and point them in the right direction, but like you said, at the end of the day, this is their business and they are responsible for success. Talk to us about kind of the, the sales process. When we get leads coming in from wherever, be it Facebook paid ads, from walk-ins off the street, from word of mouth referrals, whatever it may be, yep. take us through the, the typical client journey. What did they experience? Yeah, so it's a, we have a five-step sales process. Um, you know, essentially, we have our goal is to to close them on day one. Most of them are coming in for a seven-day free trial. That's kind of our our trial right now. Um, when it comes down to it, I mean, it's a very systematic approach from the intake to the questions that we're asking them pre pre workout, um, understanding their why, understanding their motivation and then building trust, building rapport, and then handing them off to the coach. Um, obviously going through, you know, if the product sucks and the experience sucks, then they're not going to sign up. So handing them off to the coach, building trust, rapport, the coach, um, and then going over, you know, uh, workout history and all of that. And then coach takes them through the workout and ultimately at the end of the workout, um, gaining commitment, right. From them is, is as a coach, I think from the sales process, there's, there's a million different ways to do it. I think there's, there's a couple big pieces when it comes down to any sales process. Number one is you have to know their why you've got to know their motivation. And when you do that, then you got to deliver a great experience. You got to make them feel connected, known with the community. And then number three, you got to gain commitment. You got to gain that conviction. It's a sales is a transfer of energy from one person to the other. It's a, tr it's a transfer of certainty. Um, yeah, so belief. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I think from that standpoint, it's, it's very easy. Then there's a, there's a lot of strategy techniques like empathy, isolate, um, you know, make a suggestion. There's all of these, if the objections come up, but you know, for us, where, where we train on is, is the better you can get into the initial conversation, which we have a full process for that. We take them through a journey of questions. The, the more time you spend there, the less objections you get on the backside, right? And so that's that's critical to, to really spend right. time. It's, it's important why they're following process and that, you know, prospective members are, are getting their 20 minutes before the workout so we can actually run the process. Yeah, and, and you mentioned a couple of different philosophical or psychological sales techniques, but for you guys, who's handling the sales? You mentioned, is it is it at the coaching level or do we have dedicated salespeople that are that are taking in new members? Yeah, so for us, our, our org chart essentially sits at, in the front of the house we have, because again, you got a lobby, you got a lobby space that's about five, 600 square feet, and then you enter in through seamless glass doors into the training floor. Um, so we've got the sales leader, which is essentially the front desk person, but it's more than that, right? They're the ones making outbound contacts. They're the ones making bookings for future days. They're the ones taking people through 
the sales process and then the handoff goes to the coach coach hands back so really ah okay yeah think of it like a um the easiest way to think of it is when you go to the doctor right the 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 sale so for us the sales leader is coordinating the sale and the doctor's making the prescription so the doctor's never going to check you out right the doctor's going to tell you what you need and then the sales leader is going to check you out or or the front desk person is going to check you out and say okay doctor told me we need to be here you need to be back here then da, da, da. so it's very much like without going in you know telling every releasing the full playbook that that's that's the gist of you know what we're doing and you can you can really do it in a in a way that you know you can create your own process around it i just think there's key fundamentals that have to be covered um like yeah. Agreed. At the, at the end of the day, I mean, the goal is to make them feel comfortable giving you money to become a member, right? How you get there, there's a number of ways to go about it. But of course, Adam, for, for you, it's it's been a little while since you were kind of operating at the individual club level, but so much of our listenership are one-off gym owners just looking to improve a little bit. Talk to us a little bit about some things that you struggled with in terms of growing the business back when you were operating one or two or three of your locations? Yeah. I mean, I think we've, we've kind of gone through the same evolution. I would say most do like they focus, you know, I was a, I was a coach first and foremost, so we didn't have a sales process, you know, is essentially, man, that was an awesome workout. How do I sign up? So it was really the member of the client coming to us, asking us how we sign up. Um, and so really dialing in, like, obviously once you franchise, you got to have systems and processes and there's got to be a level of inspection there. Um, so I think from that standpoint, it's really developing systems and processes around the key levers and key KPIs within the business and understanding number one, what those KPIs even are and should be for, for your business based on, you know, whatever, I guess, niche of the, of the fitness industry you're in. And then from there, it, it ultimately, you know, a lot of obstacles, like this is a people business. And so there's always, you know, people are dynamic. And so I think leadership and accountability, right? And, and I always tell our franchise partners that your vision has to be so big that everybody else's vision sits inside yours. If it doesn't, then you're going to lose them. And so, right. you know, for us, it's our franchise partners, like if they're doing three locations in a market, like today we signed... Um, a franchise partner for three units in Baltimore, Maryland, just an hour ago. And her vision is to get to, you know, multiple, more than three locations. So what does that do that, that provides that, that gives her the ability to recruit substantial talent that has a, that has a runway to, to really develop careers within this industry, where I think there's a ceiling for a lot of people. So it's really like, what is your vision? would be my recommendation like it's not a bad thing to be a single unit owner like that's that's awesome but understand like you're probably going to have some turnover and you're probably going to have some some people coming through and it's going to be a stepping stone for them so be yeah okay with that yeah you're you're capped and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing it is what it is to your point of course people open a business so that they can make those sorts of decisions but understand what it comes with anyway and so now for you in in the seat and the position that you're in nationally what's what's the current challenge what's the biggest hurdle or or bottleneck for you guys now 
Yeah, it's way different, right? So it's a, it's a different game, right? <laughs> you know, I, I think for for us, we're we're really focused. I mean, I've got a phenomenal COO um, that was at a uh, another. She was at Burn Boot Camp um, before, so okay. she was with them from Unit Seventeen to Two Seventy, um, and she was on the executive team there, and so. Not only that, then she she was a CEO at Clean Juice, which I don't know if you have one of those in your market. So she brought a substantial amount of not only in the fitness industry, but she's allowed us to really me to see the foresight of like we don't need to go here, we don't need to go here. This is what we need to focus on. So for us, it's really unit level economics, and you know making our franchise partners more profitable. So that's one of our huge initiatives this year is to increase our average number of members per location. And then on the other side is the, the seat I really sit in is because she sits in that seat, you know, and is really all of our team here at headquarters rolls to her um, where yeah. I'm sitting in is the development side. So really focusing on franchise development and, and spreading the brand and, you know, being on podcasts, doing uh, speaking uh, arrangements, like all of those things to really get the name out there in, in new markets. Yeah. And uh, like you said, man, it's a, it's a different experience but at the end of the day growth is growth and the business is money in versus money out we're trying to make sure that money in is as big yeah. as it can be right yeah for sure and and so for you adam obviously this this question takes a little bit different of a connotation because you're a bit ahead of that one-off gym owner that we spoke about but what's what's the big picture for this what's your vision that you're ultimately trending towards yeah, so our ten our ten year vision is to, to have 1,500 locations globally, um, and then really our 2025 vision is um, so we're on a sprint to 400. Um, by the end of this year, we should be at 150 locations awarded, um, with about 60 ish doors open. So I mean that's the cool thing about franchising you just it's like a rocket ship. These the first couple of years are you're selling selling selling, and then now all these doors are starting to open, um, and so it's like I said, the next 90 days, we open nine locations across, I mean, yeah. it's literally from Florida to California to Nashville to Indianapolis. Um, so that's, that's really that the vision of where we're going. Like we, we're, we want to be a, a house, a lifestyle <laughs> brand and, and create that opportunity and platform for our franchise partners. Yeah, man. Well, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. And I'm sure even now you guys are, are learning and adjusting and, and tweaking policy along the way. Adam, as we sort of approach the end of our time here, where can people find out a bit more about ISI? Yeah, so if it's, you know, if there's an ISI in your market, you want to, to look at being a member there, it's it's our website, isieletraining.com. And then um, if you're interested in potentially opening an ISI, it's isifranchise.com. And you can always email me, adam at isieletraining.com. So. Love it. Well, Adam, I sincerely appreciate your time and, and letting us into kind of how your mind works and, and what's worked well for you guys in the growth trajectory that you've been on. We'll have to check in with you here down yeah. the road as we approach that 1400 not location number. So man, like I said, thank you. And, and I wish you guys nothing but the best. Thanks. I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. So to everyone who tuned in, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like, and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.